Welcome to Thomasville Insights with the City of Thomasville. On the podcast, we'll talk to experts on everything from Thomasville history and events to daily operations and city business, all while having some fun in the process. We're your hosts, Sarah Baggett. And Ricky Zambrano. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I'm so excited to be back today, Ricky. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. Yes, it's definitely great to be inside a nice, cool recording studio rather than outside <laughs> in the August heats. So being inside of here, hanging out with you and our and our guests that are coming up is going to be great. Well, speaking of guests, we have an absolutely fabulous one coming up. It's Fire Chief Tim Connell. Let's jump right in. We are so excited to welcome our first guest of the episode, Fire Chief Tim Connell. Chief, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Sarah. Honored to be here. Well, we've heard a lot about the 9-11 Memorial Stair Climb. Can you tell us a little bit more about that event? Sure. Um, the 9-11 Stair Climb, we started several years back. Um, it started off with just about 100 or so folks. Um, and it is just through the, out the years has become a huge event. Uh, we're honored to have it here. I mean, it has grown tremendously, and that's what we want, want to see. Wonderful. What can people expect when they attend the event? Um, good times. Of course, the, the events start at 6.30 Saturday morning, but that's for registration. And, and you can register now through the YMCA. They're handling the registration for us. And, um, and it's okay if you don't register prior. You can register there. People can show up to uh, start to climb uh, the stairs, but you can also walk the track if, if you don't want to climb the stairs. Um, the honor guard will present the colors, the flag colors around 8.30. And then throughout the morning, we're going to have uh, moments of silence when each plane hit the tower. Um, so just come out. But if, you know, if you don't want to, if you're not an early uh, person, then please just come out sometime during the day. Um, bring your kids to look at uh, the engines and whatnot. And that's at the Jacket's Nest on Jackson Street, correct? That is correct. I have to admit, I uh, participated in it back in 2019 and it it really makes you reflect and but I hear there are some changes in the way you're going to uh, show off your personnel this year. That's correct. Uh, as we said earlier, uh, the fire department is going to be there, the entire Thomasville Fire Rescue Department. Um, we're going to line up our, our trucks. Uh, normally the, the flag that leaves um, Fire Station 1, the guys run, the guys and girls run um, from Fire Station 1 to the Jacket's Nest. And this year, we're going to line the jacket's nest up with all of our, our uh, apparatuses and all of our personnel, again, dressed in their, their Class A uniforms. And uh, the flag is going to run through that, uh, that lineup. And it's just our way of, of showing our respect to the fallen. Um, once the flag gets to the stadium, we're going to fall in behind the flag uh, carrier and all proceed out onto the field. So the department as a whole is going to be there this year, as, as in the past, it was just the chief officers. That sounds like a really beautiful and moving uh, thing to witness. And Ricky, as someone who's participated in it before, I'm sure you can attest, it's probably solemn and somber, but also an opportunity to remember something huge that happened in our history. And it really would help if people prepare for the run, because I did not prepare for the run, and I was <laughs> gassed up. Uh, about two blocks into the run. <laughs> it, I think it equals a 5K or something like that. It, it's, it, you know, it's just going down Jackson Street. So, yes, uh, be prepared if you, if you want to be in the run. 
but uh, also be prepared for the stair climb because uh, that's no easy task in itself. That's exactly right. Well, that's your workout for the day. Chief, you mentioned there's a lot of symbols in the event that people can be on the lookout for. Can you explain a few of those for us? Sure. Um, one of the things that we've done in the past is, is we've had a old, our old fire truck come in with, with a bell. And the bell is very significant in the fire service as far as uh, back in the 1800s. The bell would be rung for uh, a fire or to start the tour of duty for personnel. And then it would be rung again when the uh, fire was over with. But also, if we had a line of duty death, if a firefighter died while performing their duties, um, the bell would be rung um, five times in a sequence of four. So we've, throughout the years, we've changed it down to what we call a 555. And we have a brand new bell that uh, its first debut is going to be in 9-11. Um, and we, by honoring the fire service firefighters that, that laid their life um, down, we're going to ring the, the bell. So we'll do a 555. Oh, that's beautiful. So it's definitely something to be on the lookout for. Is there a certain time of the day that that's going to happen? It will happen um, right after the ceremony. In fact, I, that's pretty much the end of the ceremony. Now, in the past, I know you've uh, had memorabilia there on the side or T-shirts. Uh, will you guys once again be selling T-shirts? It's uh, If you register prior to, you'll get a T-shirt. Um, we're not really sure yet as of uh, selling shirts at the event. So in other words, get registered. Get registered. <laughs> Sarah, go get registered now. That's exactly right. On my way. Um, so you've mentioned that the event grew over the years. Um, so it had sort of humble beginnings and has grown tremendously. Are you expecting an even bigger turnout this year? We are uh, because it is on a Saturday and not a work day. Mm -hmm. So we feel like that kind of is going to help us out. Um, and again, the event is growing. Words getting out there. Um, and, and we're honored for the people to come out and participate in this event. It shows the community is, is you know, also respecting the fallen. Uh, Chief, one, one last question. Um, and myself, as a, as a New Yorker, born and raised in New York, um, as a um, person who was affected by 9-11 20 years ago uh, with, with my brother that was there in the area and, and affected by it, um, I understand the significance of why it's so important. As an American, I understand why it's so important. But, but tell me, why for the TFR here in Thomasville, Georgia, why is it so important? Fire service is, is full of tradition. And one of the traditions is taking care of um, our brothers and sisters in the fire service. And it's our showing our respect to them. Um, they're not forgotten. And, and that's what this event is for, to just remind everyone that, you know, we, we, we support um, each other as we should. That was beautiful, Chief. Thank you so much for sharing this information about the 9-11 Memorial Stair Climb. If people want to find out more, can they go to the thomasville.org website or the TFR Facebook page? Please, TFR um, Facebook page, like it. And uh, But yes, uh, you can call the office, 229-227-4099. We'll be happy to give you information or contact the YMCA. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Sarah, Chief Connell uh, presented us with a lot of information. What a great event it's going to be. Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm really excited to attend. You know, I think it's special that in Thomasville we have an opportunity to really honor this national tragedy, to look back, take a moment of reflection. And the way he connected it to our firefighters in Thomasville really struck a chord with me. It, it does. And, you know, that's the beauty of it is that 
We are so far removed from what people would think is important only in New York City, uh, but it is. It's an American event. Mm -hmm. It is an American day of tragedy. And, you know, the, but the beauty of it is that connection that the fire services have to each other, that brotherhood. Uh, it, really, it really is a balance of emotions on that day. Uh, having been there and seen everything that happened, it really makes you think and reflect. Well, switching gears just a little bit here, um, we are getting prepared for our next guest in the studio. Um, this is a pretty serious topic as well, but in a different way. We're going to be talking about the 2022 budget process, which is a big process that's coming up for us later in the year. And who do we have for that? Our next guest is our very own CFO, Ashley Kaysen. Really looking forward to hearing what she has to say about the budget and learning from her. So let's dive right in. Ashley, welcome and thank you for being here with us today. How's uh, everything going with you? Everything's good, busy, but good. <laughs> good. Before we get to the to the segment, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? All right. Well, I've been working with the city for almost nine years. Uh, I moved here about six months after I started working here. Uh, I came in as an entry level financial accountant. I was promoted to senior accountant a few years later, and in 2018, I became the chief financial officer. That is definitely a, a nice uh, climb up the staircase, isn't it? <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, Ashley, we're so excited to learn more about the budget because this is something that's so important to our citizens and important to staff, um, and of course, important to you. I can tell you're saying you're busy because we're into budgeting season. Uh, so I'm going to start with something kind of maybe obvious to you, but not to the rest of us. Can you explain where the money for the city budget comes from? Well, majority of the money comes from our utility operations. Um, we use those funds to not only reinvest that to the utility operations, capital infrastructure, but we also use that money to support the governmental side. So the police and public safety, all of that money mostly comes from the utilities and the revenues there. So safe to say utilities are pretty important. Very much so. So help me out with this, because I know there's a little bit of confusion. Uh, do we levy property taxes, the city of Thomasville? How does that work? We do not. Uh, we do actually administer the school's city tax taxes. So they levy property taxes, and we administer that for them and send out the billings. But for the city of Thomasville, we do not levy property taxes. So that utilities is even more important than I thought. It is. So when you're setting up a budget, it's not like we do at home and we're just kind of counting some money uh, off of the paycheck and things of that nature. Obviously, um, when it comes to the city of Thomasville budget, it must have to, a lot to do with long-term uh, planning. It does. We have to forecast the revenues and what we expect for utilities or even sales tax. Um, but we do have to plan because that's essential to any strategic plan. Uh, we want to make sure our financial capacity now can cover all of our long-term goals. That makes sense. So what is the money spent on when we're talking about these long-term goals? What are, what's the money spent on year to year? Um, just regular maintenance capital, vehicle, um, maintaining the infrastructure, um, just covering all of our operations, um, being able to pay salaries for all of the employees, and just to continue to provide the service that we provide. And who decides how that money's spent? Ultimately, the council. Uh, we budget and plan department by department, but the council has the final say. They also provide us with direction before council, before budget season. 
How long does the budget process take? Because this sounds like a pretty involved process to me. It is. It is. <laughs> um, the budget process normally takes about six months from start to finish. We are actually starting it now mm -hmm. within the finance department. We're doing budget forecast, and it will end in December when the council approves the budget. And is that when the public can kind of be involved in the budgeting process, or how do they get involved to voice their opinions? So usually around November, we'll put a draft of the budget out for the public to view and the council, uh, and then we'll have a public hearing for the council to provide us with input, uh, or I'm sorry, the citizens to provide input. Uh, and then that information is relayed to the council, and if they want to make some changes based on that, they can before approving it in December. So it's a really collaborative process between citizens, council, staff, the whole group. Oh, definitely. The council receive their input from the citizens, mm -hmm. uh, and that's how they set their goals and give us direction, and we incorporate that in the budget. So they're actually involved throughout the entire process. In other words, we kind of have the circle of life going on here within the city of Thomasville. It starts at one point, comes back around and really ends back at another point as well. Exactly. Um, well, I mean, that sounds like a, you know, a, a lot of information, but, you know, we still have some more important questions for you, so I don't think you're getting off the hook that easily. <laughs> uh, it, tell us, you know, there's not unlimited money, so what are some of the ways that the city um, tries to save money? Well, when we budget for different projects, we try to make sure we budget that project so that it uh, benefits several different departments. Um, for example, we need new financial software, but I want to purchase that software so that it benefits all the different departments uh, and so that each department doesn't have to purchase their own. And that saves us more money. And also the new software allows us to be more efficient and saves us time so we can spend more time doing other things to help the community. So in other words, you don't just say yes to everything. Oh, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> I guess we'd go through a lot of money if you just kept on saying yes, right? Exactly. Somebody's got to say no. And it's me. <laughs> I think uh, Ricky might be angling for some podcast money here. Is that what you're doing? I think we got to raise the budget on this podcast, right? <laughs> well, as, as we talk about that, uh, you know, you, you can't just uh, kind of budget for one year and rely upon that. Um, Tell us about reserves, you know, why, why are they important? Well, the reserves are our savings. Um, we use that to have as a rainy day uh, for emergencies, um, for just major capital that we'll need in the future. Um, the pandemic last year is just a, a good example of why we would need reserves. We were trying to prepare last year in case we didn't receive funds from the citizens for the utilities, what can we do? How far can we go? And so having those reserves there allows us to continue to provide services, which during emergencies, we are usually the ones who still have to continue to provide. And so having those reserves there, we're able to continue to operate, even though the funds may have stopped for a while. So very important. Well, that rainy day can sometimes be literal. When I was here a few years ago during Hurricane Michael, um, we had, of course, you know, a significant amount of damage with that storm. And I thought, well, that'll be fine. We'll get money from FEMA and from GEMA, <laughs> you know, next week and we'll fix everything up. But little did I know it can take years for those yeah. funds to come in. And, and with uh, the pandemic, there's also been federal funding, things like that. But you don't see it right away, do you? You really don't. <laughs> We're actually still waiting to receive um, portions of the money from Hurricane Michael. Wow. So it takes years to receive that money. So you need to have funds up front and reserves sitting there during storms. 
I would make an assumption those reserves are kind of like your savings account, Sarah. It's kind of what it sounds like, except <laughs> they are doing a little better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, we've been throwing around the term infrastructure quite a lot. Can you tell us uh, kind of what that is? So infrastructure uh, includes things like our sidewalks, uh, highways, streets, uh, utilities, uh, infrastructure like the gas and water sewer pipes. Okay, so it's all of that, from everything from resurfacing to maybe water mains and everything in between. Exactly. Well, Ashley, before you go, uh, I, I at least I have one last question. And can you explain to us the difference uh, between a budget process um, in the private sector or for a private company um, versus municipal government? Um, there's so many differences, um, but for municipalities, I would have to say um, we have to have a balanced budget no matter what. Uh, we can't expect to spend money that we don't have. Uh, we can't have a deficit um, because it is the, the citizens' funds and it's for the um, citizens in the community. Um, one of the biggest differences between the two sectors is our procurement or purchasing process. Uh, we're not allowed to just select certain vendors or ones that we prefer. It has to be a equitable and fair process. We have to give that opportunity to all of the people in the community. Um, and then we also have to do competitive bidding so that we can keep the cost and the expenses low. That makes a lot of sense. It, no, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense for municipal government to be a little different than the private sector. And to me, it sounds like transparency and collaboration are really kind of the cornerstones of the finance department with the city. Would that be accurate? Very much so. Well, Ashley, we have learned a lot today. This has been some great information. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share, maybe about when the public can join us or where they can go to learn more about the budgeting process? We do have a link online on our website uh, under financial services. Uh, when budget time is here, we'll have, again, a draft of the budget available for the citizens to view. Well, we'll definitely be talking more about that in the coming months, I'm sure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Ashley was such a wonderful guest. She is so knowledgeable about the city budget. And the information that Ashley provided for us is very important for our residents to understand. You know, not everybody knows how the budget gets put together. That's exactly right, and it's a vital part of the way we function. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about the budget, you're going to want to tune in to our, the next couple podcast episodes where we will be debuting a segment called Budget Minute, where we do a mini deep dive into some interesting budget topics. And Chief uh, Tim Connell provided us with a lot of information about uh, what's going to be a wonderful event. Uh, but before we go, I do want to give a shout out to two recent retirees of the Thomasville Fire Rescue. Deputy Chief Mark Seeley and Captain Mark West both retired in July with a combined 60 years of service to the community. Wow, that is an incredible amount of service. How wonderful. And I believe you can check out some videos and other posts about both of these gentlemen on the new Thomasville Fire Rescue Facebook page. That Facebook page is Official Thomasville Fire Rescue. Wonderful. We'll definitely have to check that out. Be sure to like and follow and all that good stuff. Well, Ricky, we've had a full episode and I really enjoyed it. Yes, we have. And uh, looking forward to the next one. You've been listening to Thomasville Insights with the City of Thomasville. The show is produced by Austin Reams, Sherry Kane, Ricky Zambrano, and Sarah Baggett. 
The editor and sound technician is Madison Cook. The show's music is by Pond5.com. To learn more about the city of Thomasville, visit thomasville.org or follow us on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening app so you won't miss an episode. Thank you for listening.